Thank you for joining me for another Quick Hits Conversation. I'm Dr. Robin. With me today, I have Tim Hawks. He is the Managing Director of Unlimited Potential. He calls himself a mental engineer and he is an executive coach. I have Stuart Wiggins. He's with Enduna Advisors. He's working as a fractional chief operating officer where he brings resources together to help scale your business. And I have Lisa McDonald. She's an executive career coach and mastermind coach who helps people get career happy and life healthy. The question that I have for you today is how to be a straight talker without being abrasive. Lisa, kick us off. I would say the most important thing to do is to be able to own what's under your control. Mm. And so what I mean by that, there's five categories that I normally look at and four of them are before you even open your mouth. The first thing is to be very, very clear on your intent. What is it you want your words to achieve? The second is your audience. So if you know your audience, is there anything that you need to take into consideration that would hinder or hurt them or help them to receive your message in the way that you intend? If you don't know them, this goes into delivery. And with by delivery, I mean everything except the words. So this is body language. This is your voice, the tone, the pitch, gestures. This is a confidence appearance. And by the way, confidence isn't a gift. It's a skill that you can learn and develop. The fourth aspect is to recognize and eliminate listening bias. If you go into a situation expecting a certain response or knowing what somebody's going to say, you're pretty much preparing for conflict. So by recognizing this, this allows you to be more adaptable. It allows you to listen better to the other person, to watch their body language and adjust. And then the last aspect has to do with your words. And this is where I would say to avoid the sentence bombs. And these are words that you sprinkle in that kill your connectivity, your conversation, and your credibility. And the words of but, always, never, only, because now not only are you being seen as aggressive or confrontational, but you're also putting the person in a hole that there's no redemption from. Mm. So my best advice is to own what you can, do your best, and also realize somebody is always going to think you're confrontational or you're different than what you intend. And there's nothing you can do. That's not yours to own. Just own what you can. Mm. So to add to your list, would, should, must, will, and could as well go in those in that list. So my viewpoint is slightly different, but I think we're in alignment, which is around, I think this is about agenda. I, I have a concept called agenda-based conversations. So I might go to Dr. Robin and my agenda might be to coerce her into do something for me, or my agenda might be that I want to get something out of this, or it might be that I want Dr. Robin uh, to, to improve herself. I don't know, but there's always an agenda, isn't there? Yeah. And I wonder whether in an, an abrasive conversation, the agenda, so if I go into somebody and I'm feeling confident and I've got, you know, and I'm feeling like I want to get my points across, if I'm not considering that person's agenda and only mine, that's when the, su the subject becomes abrasive. Hmm. I'm going to ask a question to answer the question. I just found it was interesting when I saw the topic that straight talk was considered abrasive. When in fact, in my professional career, and this goes back to my days when I was a lieutenant in the army, you have to be able to talk to people in a way that helps improve their performance, 
but not destroy them to the point that they can't continue to be successful. Mm. So I can think of examples where I've had to tell people that this really isn't a good fit for you. Perhaps you should probably go look for some, go look for something else. And then they sit back and they pause and they say, yes, I've actually had this conversation with people. So they've made career changes. I think that if you're delivering a message, you have to have the sophistication and the verbal agility to be able to talk to people in a way that it doesn't hurt their feeling, but you get their message across. It's not my personality to be abrasive to somebody, to, to rip them apart. In fact, what I want to be able to do is I want them to walk away and say, you know, that's probably true. That's why I use the word self-discovery. I have terminated a lot of people in my life, but I don't think anybody walked away saying, boy, I really hate that guy. Mm. But you mean, do you mean terminated in an army sense or terminated in a business sense? <laughs> a little of this and a little of nice that. Nice clarification. <laughs> <laughs> No, I just think that it's important that I don't have to destroy your core soul with words where I can say something in a way that you say, let me think about it. Mm -hmm. I don't think anybody's surprised if you have straight talk with them. They probably expect it. It's the way you deliver it, whether they're going to be saved or not. My the, the, the recipient has a responsibility as well. Exactly. Mm. So, so I think in this abrasive conversation, you can come in with all the openness to take Lisa's five steps. But at the same time, the other person needs to be willing to hear. Uh, I mean, obviously, if you go in too hard and you overstep it, that's different. But there's got to be a willingness on their side because it becomes abrasive when the other person reacts, doesn't it? And I'm, I always use the example in the pub where you sort of say to somebody, oh, what you should do is this. And they say, are you pointing at me? And suddenly you're in a conflict without realizing it. That person has a responsibility to understand that perhaps that point wasn't in that case designed to be what it was. For it not to be an abrasive conversation, both parties needs to have a, an element of curiosity and an element of respect on either side. I can definitely say when I was younger, I had a lot more abrasive conversations. And part of that is because I was raised to believe that if I said the truth, it shouldn't hurt your feelings. Well, that's never going to be true. Like sometimes you can say the truth and it's hurtful, but I still, even to this day, people will say to me, Robin, you suffer no fools. I don't try to be aggressive or super straightforward. I always try to be kind and nurturing, but I'm going to say the truth. And I think it's interesting that are other people not straight talking that I come across as being so like to the fore about what's going on? Carl Robin, I'm British. I know all about talking around subjects and not getting straight <laughs> and uh, saying please and thank you when I don't mean it and all that sort of stuff. I think people do skirt around issues. They're fearful of what may or may not happen. Take the emotion out. Before you start that conversation, take the emotion out so oh. that you can think clearly and it doesn't hurt the plan, the words that you want to say. How do you take the emotion out? What does that mean? I count to 10. I, I, I tell people all the time, we're going to have unemotional conversations. But you yeah. can't tell them that, can you? Because you might say, we're going to have an unemotional conversation. You're fat. And they break down crying. <laughs> and so um, you say that because I, I owned a weight loss clinic. And of course, all my patients were overweight. But we learned ways to talk to people so that it would motivate them to lose weight. The thing that people on airplanes fear is someone overweight coming down the aisle and sitting down next to them. Well, guess what? People overweight, they have that same fear because they're afraid that they're going to sit down next to somebody who is going to be uncomfortable sitting next to them. So I think you really just have to put yourself in the other guy's shoes. If I screwed up, how would I want somebody to come to me? I think it all goes back again to intent and not only knowing what your intent is, but sharing that. 
And it may be very, having to be very clear and say, we're going to have what may feel like a difficult conversation, but this is going to help you. And this is why. Inoculation against escalation. Mm-hmm. Susan Scott's Fierce Conversations book has a really good piece on this, which is about how to deliver bad news that in this case could be abrasive. And it goes through a process where you sort of give examples and then you say what the impact is and then you give the person a chance to respond and then you say nothing more. So you sort of have an opening phrase in which you state your position, what the impact is, what you'd like to happen. And then the rest of that time is for them to respond in whatever way they see fit. Now, if they should choose to be angry or emotional, then fine. If they choose to be submissive, then fine. But I wonder whether the conversation not to be abrasive, you have to state your place and then allow the space for unpacking. Imagine you're a doctor and you, you have to deliver the news that a patient has passed away. That's really straight talk. I mean, Mm. it's not abrasive. You know that the recipient most likely is not going to want to take that news well, but yet you have to deliver it. But you can say it well, or you can say it really badly. Like I've been delivered some medical news really badly in my life. I I think the thing about medical news is it's a fact. If someone's died, someone's died. But if, if it's not a fact, like I believe your behavior is poor and you're going to have to leave the business. There's a room for a row there, isn't there? I think that speaks back to to Stuart's point of taking the emotion out instead of, I think, being able to present some sort of evidence or a, a point that you can agree on. So it does take the emotion out and realize for your own point, when you go in to, for yourself to take the emotion out, again, what is your goal for this conversation? If it's business, it's to improve performance. It's not then to cut somebody down or be right. It's to the betterment of the company. Well, that is a really good place for us to end a 10-minute conversation. So I am going to say that's our 10 minutes. Thank you so much for having this conversation with me. It has been very insightful. And I look forward to speaking to each of you again very soon.